Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Can I just say, before we even get into a topic today, how much I appreciate y'all. Oh my gosh, I just get the absolute coolest emails and Facebook posts and messages, and I just love you so much. I love your deep thinking. I love your introspection. I love the work you're doing, and we're all in this together, and I really love the way we support each other. So actually, that is what we're going to do today on this podcast. There have just been some really, really great questions in our Facebook group. And in case you aren't a member, but you would like to be, it is a closed group, but no big deal. Request membership and I'm happy to let you in because y'all, I got to say, there are some great conversations in there. Very, very insightful people, very supportive I love it when some experiences are shared or questions are asked because we have so many people that just pitch in and give their perspectives and their ideas. We have some very knowledgeable, well-read, intuitive people, and we have people seeking. It's just very cool how loving and supportive everyone is. In fact, today I was on the Facebook group looking at questions and comments because I do hang back and encourage other people to give their comments and suggestions and insights because I am by no means a guru. I do not have all of the answers. I'm right here on this journey with everybody else. I'm just happy to share what I've experienced and my thoughts along with it and facilitate conversations, but my experiences are by no means the end-all be-all. So there are really great contributions, and I decided that I would bring some of those questions and make them into the podcast. So today's podcast is going to be a question and answer session. (laughs) Yay! Thank you for these questions, and there are more, so I'll do this again soon. So we're going to start out with Stephanie. She said, I believe souls are of different ages as they come to earth to have experiences and to learn things. And there are old souls as well as young souls full of different experiences, so to speak. So how are new souls created? Ooh, good question. And I have to say, when I first read that, the very first thing that came to my mind is some of my science training because Yeah, here I am proof that the universe has a sense of humor because I'm a Capricorn and I am very logical and scientific. I love science. That's my minor. And I talk to dead people. So how does that all work together? Like I've said before, if this stuff didn't happen to me, I don't think I would even believe it. But it does. And so I never try to convince anybody. All I do is share and I completely value and understanding, questioning minds. So Stephanie, my take on old souls and new souls are maybe a little bit different because science, even the quantum part of science says that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It changes forms. And I, I do believe that we're all old souls. However, what I do agree with and 
invite everybody to maybe think about this and expand our possibilities of what do our souls do when they're not on earth. So is it possible that we have lifetimes on other planets and even in other dimensions? Some souls choosing many, many lifetimes on earth and then other souls maybe kind of new to this earth experience. So in our human form, those that have been on this plane many lifetimes seem to us to be old souls, whereas those souls that have been elsewhere on other planets, playing by different rules, other parts of the galaxy, or even other dimensions, maybe have different sets of rules, and they just seem like newer or younger souls to us because this part of their development is newer. You know, there are planets and dimensions that have lower vibration than we do, and then there are those that have way higher vibration. So here's a little story to show that, that this was just a very cool experience I had. I was actually in Sedona, Arizona, mm, quite a few years ago. I'm trying to think, 2016. And we went to get a reading done from this person that was referred to us. And she was very, very interesting to me. And actually, Thomas and I, we were there with a the whole group. You know, sub, if you listen to Subconscious Mind Mastery, maybe you've heard about that. The, the group that went to Sedona in 2016. I don't remember, 20, 25 of us. So Thomas and I went to this lady for a reading, and we had a reading together and then separately. And when I looked at her, I would see her human physicality. But when I wasn't looking at her directly... I kept seeing her in a very, very different way. So at the end of the session, as she finished, I asked her if I could ask her a question. And she kind of tilted her head at me and she said, are you reading me? I said, um, take it as you wish. I just have a question. I find it really interesting that you came to earth for this lifetime and even more so as a woman. Because when I look at you, I see a series of balls of energy, like stacked on top of each other. And now I don't remember if it was four or five balls of energy, but they were all white and they were in vertical alignment. And so as I shared that with her, she stood up and she said, follow me. So we went kind of around the corner into a different room and she pointed to some pictures, paintings on the wall. And she said, those are my self-portraits. And it was exactly what I was seeing her as. It was so very cool. It was, she had a dark background and then those vertical, uh, vertically aligned balls of energy. And she said, yes, this is, uh, um, that's my true self. And those are self-portraits that I've made over the years. And I have been to earth once before. This is my second time. And this female thing is a challenge. <laughs> We kind of shared a chuckle on that one as I was in agreement. Um, but that was just so very cool. So she was playing in human form and definitely having experiences, although this was not her maybe what we would think of as native planet. It certainly was not her most comfortable form and most comfortable state of being. But she, on a soul level, chose to come here and have human experiences. 
Now, I don't know if she's continuing in the future to come back for more human experiences or if this was, you know, just a couple times and then she's on to her more comfortable level or whatever. But we do have that ability. And in sessions with clients, that has come up a few times, actually. And it's incredibly cool when I'm able to see other lifetimes that they've had or they even have spirit guides now or somebody else in their soul pod now that is still on another planet and they might pop in. And I know that sounds kind of woo-woo and quite honestly, it took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting that. And then all of a sudden here this comes. And sometimes they are very, very high energy, amazing beings. And especially right now, this is happening because they are definitely our allies and they're helping us in our transition to higher levels of energy. And let me tell you, from what I'm getting, we are headed for some very cool and great things. How long is it going to take to get here is a little more up to us. I hope we hurry up and do it. But there's some cool stuff coming. So back to Jessica, are there new souls and old souls? I think we're all old souls, all very old souls. But we come to this planet maybe with less experience or even in multiple lifetimes in this planet, we come in to learn or experience different things so we can come in sometimes very intelligent and sometimes not so much to get to learn from different perspectives. So we are all exactly where we're supposed to be learning exactly what we're supposed to be learning. And some of those young kids or new souls maybe are actually pretty darn wise and are here to teach us some of the things maybe that we can be humbled on or grow into. So the next one is Jessica is asking, why do some spirits remain on the earth, not fully transitioned? Like in a previous podcast, I spoke about the keeper that was in a house, the very first house I ever bought. So I think there's a variety of reasons why some spirits remain on the earth. I've also talked about earthbound spirits in a previous podcast where they maybe died in a tragic or very quick accident and they don't realize they're dead. So until that realization takes place and they have an opportunity to process it, they might be sticking around um, and making people aware they're here or not. They often feel like they're being ignored. Spirits like the keeper are just very happy to be here. You know, I asked him why he was still here and he For him specifically, he loved his job. He was the keeper of the horses and the carriages and just did all of the animal stuff. And he lived in the house that I lived in. The house had been transformed from a three-story carriage house that was a hayloft and the area where they kept all the carriages and they would forge the shoes for the horses. And he slept in there. There were his quarters. So he did know he was dead, but he was very happy being there. He was attached to it and he was very benevolent. I loved having him there. So in fact, when I left there, I asked him to come with me, but of course he wouldn't. He was going to stay there. So there are times when someone is just attached to maybe the property, the land, 
their belongings, something about the earth that is keeping them here, something about that lifetime. I was just with, um, oh, Ellen, yes, I just did a session with Ellen the other day, and she is in a house, a recently in a new house, and that's what's happening there. She's got a couple there who I we think were the original builders of the house, and they showed me they're just kind of hanging out on the front porch in their rocking chairs, very relaxed. They are indifferent to whether she's there. She They let, did let her know that they are there also, but it, they're not threatening. They're not upset about it. They're very welcoming. And as we talk through it, it's like, you know, let them be the host and hostess. They're not leaving. They They don't want to leave. So they're just attached to that house. The house that I live in right now, when I bought it, I was aware that there was a being in here that was also very neutral, kind of stayed in the shadows as in just in the background and wasn't very prevalent, but I could feel the presence. And when I did a house clearing, we asked everybody to leave and I thought, you know, it's okay if he stays here. This is where he wants to be. Again, he was aware that he was dead, but he didn't want to leave. Well, I don't know, maybe several months later, I kind of realized some people, other people can feel the presence too. And even though it's not a negative energy by any means, this really isn't the place for him. And so as I really started investigating a little bit more, he drowned in the pool. I think it was his family that put the pool in at this house. And he was a teenager, most likely doing some teenage things that did not turn out well for him in the pool. And he just didn't want to leave. So we we talked about it and he finally did go, which is really better for him. It was really in his best interest to go ahead and cross over. And he did. So there can also be earthbound spirits that are here because they do know that they're dead. They're not necessarily attached to anything that's keeping them here, but just like being in body, sometimes it's the fear of the unknown, right? Even right now, if we're not really happy with where we are, sometimes we will stay because that is safer and more comfortable than venturing out there and taking a risk on what you don't know is around the corner. If I change this, it might be worse than what I have. And disembodied, you can make the exact same choice. That is often tied to religion, in my experience, when they ask me, you know, am I, is this hell? Am I in purgatory? What's going to happen if I go? So this is just not a great thing but it's safe. So usually with those talking through it, they decide to go ahead and cross over because one of the things I talk to them about is free will. You can go towards the light, but you still have free will and you can stop at any time. And you can ask for your angels. You can, you'll start seeing angels come to go towards the light with you. And the very cool thing is once they understand their free will continues on that other side and they can stop the process at any time, they don't choose to stop the process. The closer you get to that ultimate source of love, the more you just want to be in it and surrounded by it. So once they start going, there's like no looking back. 
there are some cool things they can cross over and then let me know they've crossed over. And I think I've talked about some of that on a podcast too, like um, sending roses or, you know, popping back to say hi or thank you. So that's pretty cool. And those are the reasons I've experienced that people hang around after they've left their bodies. And there could be others. There very, very well could be things I haven't even found out yet. Jessica also asked if people who do horrible things in this lifetime have a peaceful transition or do they have some sort of atonement for their actions? And wow, you know, keep in mind that we have soul contracts and that we are all ultimately huge sources of love. We are all connected to God. That divine energy is within all of us. And we are very loving beings. And we come here and other planets and dimensions in other physical forms to experience what we can't experience when we're in a state of pure love. Now, that doesn't mean I'm saying, oh, you can be awful and it's okay. And we are here to support each other. So those people who are awful, who seem to us to be ruthless or satanic or those evil people that just hurt so many people in this lifetime. You know, when you listen to their stories, there's always some bad stuff that happened to them, right? Victimization, for sure, trauma. And again, that doesn't justify or rationalize or excuse. But what it might be able to do is let us find a little bit of compassion for them. You know, okay, really transparent here. I do get really uncomfortable talking about this part of it because some of us have experienced horrors and traumas in this lifetime, which many of us cannot even begin to imagine and don't want to. And I certainly do not in any way mean to minimize anybody's experiences at all, no matter what they are. My intention is solely to offer a perspective from a more global view, not even of this lifetime, but of the soul's journey, of our infinite selves experiencing every range of emotion, human emotion and extraterrestrial emotion of the deepest and darkest available to the most blissful and loving available. And in order to do that, we might make agreements with other souls to put us through really awful situations. Now, when we're in our loving spiritual self of non-human or non-body, our natural state, we look at this lifetime and it's nothing but a blip of eternity, right? This is like just so fleeting. But when we're in the throes of it, it's a lot. And I sometimes wonder, dang, did I know what I was signing up for? Because I think I lost perspective as to what this whole human thing is like. I don't think I'd do this voluntarily. And yet we do. So we all have a peaceful transition. We go through the process if that's what we choose. Now, this is, I think, where we just get into so many if, ands, or buts. So when we're talking about the average person that is expecting some sort of loved ones to meet us or angels to meet us or your spiritual leader to meet you, that's what you get. 
and we cross over into ultimate love. Now, there are people that expect that they are going to not be greeted by that, that they are going to go straight into a lower dimension, hell versus heaven. And if that's the case, then that's what they're going to get. We kind of get what we're expecting to get, what our agreement is in our belief system. But even then, if you go there to a lower dimension, it's not for eternity. You are there because you're choosing to be there and you can get help to reevaluate, to grow through and forgive yourself, put things in perspective and move into a more loving environment. What if you do go into heaven to begin with, or into the realm of love, we still have a review. We still have our personal review with the council. I call them like the council of elders because that's just what how they present to me. But we're judging ourselves. It's all about, did we honor ourselves and our others in our contracts? And how did I present in this lifetime? Was I as loving in this situation as I could have been. So we're definitely judging ourselves. So is there atonement? Only the atonement that we put on ourselves. Again, I don't want to minimize that. So let's kind of put it into an earthly perspective. Think about how much you are your own worst critic now. How much you judge yourself, your physical appearance, your failures, maybe minimize your successes, Goodness knows if you're a parent, there's no such thing as guilt-free parenting, whether it's children or even a pet. We always think we woulda, coulda, shoulda done better. And in our relationships with loved ones, with friends, we hurt each other intentionally and unintentionally over and over again with words and sometimes with physical acts. And we have atonement for that. And we beat ourselves up about it as well in most cases. So imagine how amplified that would be when you're back to your absolute pure state of love and you're surrounded by the council of elders and you are being effused with immense unconditional love from every energy near you that you have ever known and that you remember now and you remember how loving you are now in your natural state and you're reviewing yourself in this human life. Wow, how condemning would we be to ourselves in that situation? As one lady disembodied that I have seen that I would say in the afterlife is putting herself literally in hell. Committed suicide But her beliefs were around the suicide that she would not go to heaven. And I think she also was just punishing herself repeatedly for other decisions that she made while in this lifetime. And while she would have a normal conversation, then she would also just bring up literally the demons, bring up her demons that were tormenting her. And so they were taking a an energetic form. I can't say physical form because she wasn't in the physical form, but they were taking a, an equivalent form to continue to be her demons in the afterlife. 
and I could see it and I could see what she was doing, but there was no reasoning with her. We would have a conversation, but then she would bring them back. And this was her choice. It was very clearly her choice. She will continue in that state for as long as she chooses. So we'll switch gears a little bit. And Radhika, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Radhika from our Facebook group has just some really, really great questions. I'm going to talk about some of those now and I'm going to continue those on another podcast. She's got some cool ones here. The one that she asked is about people in the soul group or having soul contracts. Since we are in the same Facebook group, and I'm extrapolating that to even if you are in this group listening to the podcast, does that mean that we have a soul contract together? I don't think so. I think that you have contracts with the major people, your soul pod of lessons and experiences that you will learn for your soul growth. But everybody on the planet at the same time does not share a contract or have contracts with each other. We're sharing space, we're sharing lifetimes, we're sharing some experiences, and we can get to know people for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And our reason for getting to know each other now may be to learn to get through this um, changing vibration, to try to figure it out and expand our human consciousness to a greater capacity than we have before, which is increasing our vibration as well. So I love having you on, all of you, on my journey with me, and I appreciate it, and I value it. But I don't think that means we're all in the same soul group or have soul contracts together. She also asked, um, can things happen on this path by choice without being a predetermined path? And I would say, yes, 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 yes. And then, yes, and. (laughs) How many times have I said that? One of the things that I'm so grateful that I have learned over and over and over and solidified for me in meeting with clients and having the privilege of translating from their soul teams is the amazing, beautiful tapestry that is woven as our um, destiny and our free will to this very cool dance that presents as our journey in this lifetime. So we have certain concepts, for example, that we are supposed to or we are destined to experience. But the way we experience those or how we get to experience them is very, very much up to us and shows up as free will. It also comes in that you know what, right now, this is the big issue at hand. But sometimes we just can't take it on. It's like, okay, I know I really should do this right now, but I'm overwhelmed. That's too daunting for me. And we choose not to go down that road right now. And that's okay. But guess what? It's going to circle back around. So there are lessons that we're going to learn. There are experiences that we're going to have and shadow work to be done. So when that lesson or opportunity for soul growth shows up the first time, if we just don't handle it, it'll come back around. And experience shows that when it comes back around, it's going to be a little bit of a more firm lesson, but we may have the opportunity to avoid it again and it will come back around. 
And if we choose to avoid it, it's going to keep showing up in one way or the other, but eventually it's going to be more like that cosmic two by four. So it's far easier to take that lesson early and deal with it rather than putting it off. So that's just another form of procrastination, right? And I did mention earlier that it is possible to get caught up in somebody else's crossfire and maybe we aren't supposed to be in that time or in that place or learn that lesson or lose our life, but we just kind of fall into it. And if it is our choice, if we are straying too far off of our path, well, that's what we have spirit guides for. They nudge us back in to alignment with what we're supposed to be doing. I've had conversations with two people that have had near-death experiences. Now, I think some people have experiences for other reasons, but both of these people said part of their experience was a very loving being telling them that they had wandered off their path and were not getting the messages to straighten it out. So this was their reset. And they didn't have a choice of staying. They had to come back to Earth to have a do-over to get it right this time. Are these not some great questions, y'all? I love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we're going to take a break and I will be back with another podcast answering more questions. There's just been this influx of great questions and I want to address them all. And whereas I normally respond via email, I thought, wow, I bet other people would like to hear these too. Or some of the questions are similar. So, hey, we'll just put it out there for everybody. So you can get me on email at majana at lifeafterliferadio.com. You are welcome. We'd love you to join our Facebook group. It's Life After Life Radio Facebook group. And always, I absolutely love meeting you one-on-one in sessions. I have a one hour, hour and a half, and two hour sessions. Those are on our website, soulfoodtalks.com. And I look forward to meeting you and talking with you again very soon. And until then, namaste.